It could have been written in the Times this morning that this generation goes into the marketplace and yet the stores aren't open. This generation calls to one another and says, come and share my grief and funerals are unattended. This is a generation that hears the flutes but does not dance, that wails and people do not mourn with them. But we know that John the Baptist, he went living an austere life, eating nuts and honey and locusts. And yet people said about him that, well, he has a demon. There is something wrong with him living that austere life. And then Jesus came along, and he ate and he drank with tax collectors and sinners. And they said, oh, look, a drunkard and a glutton. And today we are quick to go to the same judgment. You either have a demon because you're hiding away in fear and not embracing the community, or you are a drunken and a glutton and you don't care about others, you only care about yourself. And perhaps if people judge John the Baptist and Jesus in those ways, we should be aware that perhaps we should withhold our judgment as we judge others during this time. And Jesus says to them, you know, even Tyre and Sidon, that's in Phoenicia. We talked about it last week. That's the land where Jezebel came from. That's north of Israel, along the, along the Mediterranean seaboard. That is pagan land where they worshipped Baal and all sorts of other gods. And so, if that is the place where they worshipped these gods that were totally unacceptable to the one true God, and yet for them it would be better than those in Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is on the Sea of Galilee close to where Jesus was. Jesus would often be in Capernaum, preaching to the community, inviting people up the hillside to gather by the thousands to listen to his words of hope for the world, and they would feast upon the loaves and the fishes. And yet somehow folks forgot the power that Jesus brought into their community. They forgot that when Jesus called them together, things would be made right, that there would be enough for everyone, that there would be room for grace and room for blessing. But no, folks got so 
stuck on the fact that things weren't the way they thought they should be, then they turned from following the true faith. And we wonder sometimes, well, what is that faith? What does it mean? You know, when folks will tell me, well, I believe, but I don't practice faith. I don't, I don't believe in religion. It's fine to believe, but our scriptures tell us that Satan believes, the devil believes. Evil believes in God. So what is it to just believe? <coughs> Excuse me. And so belief isn't enough. Belief is not enough. And it's okay too if you struggle to believe. Jesus calls us to practice our faith. We talk about faith practices, and they include things like prayer, meditation, scripture reading, gathering together in community to worship God as one body, to partake in the sacraments of baptism and communion. It is a practice of faith. Jesus calls us to practice. It is something we are called to do. It is not a passive thing, because I tell you, believing is not enough. And yet those who are filled with the most faith will cry out, I believe, help my unbelief. Just like that father in the Gospel of Mark who's asking Jesus, to remove the demon from his son. I believe, help my unbelief. Faith is a practice. Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary. If you are carrying a heavy burden, if you are carrying a lot of anxiety, if you are carrying stress, if you are carrying fear for the future, come to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's summertime, so I'm not dressed in my, my, my clerical garb that I often wear. Now, my robe, it means nothing. That black robe is an academic robe. It means, you know, um, I went to school. You know, that's all it is. doesn't mean anything as far as the church is concerned. The stole I wear represents the yoke of Christ. The stole is the holy garment. And when I put that stole on, folks love to come by and greet me in the morning, and I'll be in my office and I'll be trying to get ready and I'll be putting my stole on. And some of you who have come know I stop and I take a minute. And I close my eyes and I say a prayer, may I be worthy to wear your yoke. I pray this to Jesus every time and I kiss the stole, not because the stole is holy, but because I am committing myself 
to following Jesus and to wear that yoke. And so I put on that yoke, the yoke which is gentle, the yoke which lets me be humble in heart, and in that place I find rest for my soul. And I try to encourage and bring everyone into that place where you can find rest for your souls. That we can come to Jesus not because we are strong in our belief, because we know what is right, because we have the right doctrine, because we have behaved perfectly. No, we come to Jesus because Jesus says, wear my yoke. Let the yoke of the world, that burden that's on your shoulders, let it go. Put on my yoke so that I can give you rest. And it's so hard. It's so hard in our society and our culture because we are brought up to be independent people if we've ever found anybody who has a stronger independent streak than I have. But we are brought up to be independent to bear our burdens ourselves, to make our own way, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We are called to be self-made men and women. And yet that's not what Jesus calls us to. Because somewhere when we put all the belief in ourselves, we come to a place where we fail. We come to a place where we're not enough, and then we start to crumble. But Jesus calls us to put on his yoke, the yoke that can bear the burdens for us, the yoke that will give us rest, the yoke that is light. And so when we turn to Jesus, not because we have belief, not because we have perfected ourselves, not because we know all things, but because we know that Jesus calls us to truth. And it's a simple truth. I'm not really sure why it takes a three-year Master of Divinity degree to stand here before you and say, God is love. Jesus came to usher in love. That's the gospel. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. That's it. It's not complicated, but I tell you it's hard. It is hard to love outside of ourselves. And that is why Jesus calls us to let go of the burdens of the world and to put on the yoke of Christ so that we might be able to see with new eyes, to see with eyes of love, that see others, that are able to see from different vantage points, who are able to see from different places and situations, who are able to see with compassion, who are able to see with love. Now, I know I stand here week after week telling you that it's about love. But I'm not ashamed of that because it is about love. And that love calls us out of ourselves. 
Rick Warren was right when he wrote The Purpose Driven Life. Rick Warren said, it's not about you. Something we need to realize, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. And God is about love. And when it's about love, then it's about us. Then it's about the world. Then it's about hope. Then it's about grace. Then it's about mercy. Then we're able to turn and actually forgive one another for our shortcomings. And we are able to walk into the future with hope. So do not give up on hope. Because Jesus calls us to wear that yoke. And that yoke will always lead us to hope. In Jesus' name I pray.